Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you're the greatest fighter in the world today, they got a name for you. Jail Sutton, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. Listen to me, we're at it. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Uh, Matt and I had a little technical glitch before, so we're going to be starting in a second. We got a really good show. Two of our friends are on today. Uh, uh, Randy Brown, who had a, a, a tremendous uh, uh, fight on uh, Saturday. And of course, uh, the great Chael Sonnen. Let's bring Chael in. Yes. There's very few people who are really uh, as uh, fun to talk to as Chael Sonnen. A lot of fun. Yeah. Lots of fun. And Chael is promoting. Let me, let me plug what he's promoting. He's an analyst for ESPN, obviously. There's the uh, Chael Sonnen Show on ESPN+. Plus, and there's new weekly episodes. And the podcast is You're Welcome with Chael Sonnen. Two episodes are released weekly. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And, of course, YouTube. It's just Chael Sonnen. What's up, dudes? Welcome, man. Welcome. What's going on? What's up, Matt? What's up, Chael? Good to see you, buddy. I saw I saw your boy Aljo over the weekend. I did a comedy show. Dana produced a comedy show. I got asked, a non-comedian with no experience, Adam Hunter, asked me to come out. I was on stage. I looked in the crowd. I saw Aljo. Thought I would tell you. Wow. Well, that's fantastic, but I want to hear about the comedy show. Yeah. What were you, were you doing comedy? With no experience. And I, I offer you that not to like to uh, dispose myself of responsibility if I bomb, but I was more asking Adam Hunter, right? This was Adam Hunter's big shot. Dana's going to put it on Fight Pass. The world's going to see it. And he brings in me, Dean Thomas, and Henry Cejudo. Now, Dean's had a little experience, and as you yeah. know, is a naturally funny guy. But Henry and I are up there going, what What do we do? What do we say? And the whole thing worked out. It was a sold-out crowd, real small venue, but completely sold out. It was a big hit. I had an absolute blast. Had you ever done stand-up before or, or like, even tried that? Because you're such a good talker. I imagine there was some part of it that was natural for you. I never tried it. I did feel it was natural. I, you know, I had a script like anybody and I was working and you know, I wanted to do a good job, but I saw Aljo in the crowd and I came up with a joke on my fly and I said, ladies and gentlemen, Aljo made history, became champion uh, by getting knocked out and generally in MMA to get money, taking an ass whip and you got to be John Jones's baby mama. And it's <laughs> right. But you see where that's funny. I had the crowd. They were eating out of my hand. They loved it. That is fantastic. How now? How much time did you work on your bits? Was it you or did you get any help? I got some help. I got oh, some help. <laughs> Steven Crowder used to do some stand-up, and I so I talked with him a little bit. Yeah. And you know, I was I was studying comics and I was trying to find somebody. My ultimate plan was to find somebody and plagiarize them that is good enough to make the show, but <laughs> dead enough to not sue me when they find out I stole their bit. <laughs> and so that's what I set out to do. And I basically got inspiration. It was 10 minutes, and 10 minutes may not sound like a long time, but when you don't know what you're doing. 10 minutes could be an eternity, fellas. T 10 minutes took me a couple of years to work up to. Like, it was real. That's a lot of time to do if you, if you have no experience. That's, that's a, actually a real big, tall order. 
it was a lot of time. And I was in the back with Henry Cejudo, who was the first one to go on. Guys, I had to give him a massage. I've never seen Henry so nervous. This is an Olympic champion. This is a world champion. He couldn't speak. He looked like he had seen. I literally came over and I was talking to, hey, man, it's going to be okay. You can get through this. And he was great, but he was nervous. It's a real thing, Jim, as you know, to go out in front of. It's a real thing. Yeah, it's scary. Hey, Chell, I, I could. I did this one time. Like, like you said, you did this the one time. I did it the one time when I was doing looking for a fight. And that one of our, you know, we do like, um, we do stuff on those shows where we're in Alaska. We did um, dog sledding. We were in LA and we did that. We did the stand up comedy. I didn't do no mere near 10 minutes. And I'll tell you right now, and tell me if you could relate the feeling afterwards, it was kind of relatable to winning a fight. It was like a, right? Did it feel, how did you feel after you got off stage and you, and you said it went well? Very much like you said, I was sweating going on the stage and hearing the crowd cheer. I mean, this was a small venue, but to hear them cheer again. Yeah, I got why Henry was nervous. I got it. You know, I had it memorized and I was going to go up and say the words and sit down no matter what happened. But I, I was sweating. I had that sense of success, like a real brief high. I went out to dinner afterwards with my wife. I couldn't eat as much because I was high. I was so proud of my and she was even saying that she's like, there was only 100 people there. Would you, you know, eat, eat your veal and just one of those things. But it was a rush, man. It was a rush. Bombing in front of a hundred people though is still bombing in front of a hundred people. So that it's a that's a big show. They're filming it and it's your first time. That's a big deal. It was a big deal. And you know, good for Adam Hunter. If you guys know him as a comedian, he he's yeah. kind of unique with his niche in that he makes MMA jokes. So it's a very he's got to have his audience. But for that crowd, he had tremendous support. We had a ton of fighters show up from Francis Ngano to Aljo. I mean, two sitting champions come out to support the guy. Jake Shields drove in for him. It, it, the community really came together. It was cool, man. It was cool. I'm bragging to you guys. I'm bragging. I had a good weekend. Where did you guys tape? Was it Vegas or L.A.? Vegas. They did it at the Strat. Yeah. L.A. Comedy Club on top of the Strat. Oh, nice. Adam. Adam's very funny, though. None of that would yeah. work if he wasn't funny. Adam's funny and he's a really nice guy. He's a good yes. guy. Yeah. Yeah. I know Adam for many, many years from New York and then he moved out and uh, I'm happy to see him doing that. Uh, and he picked good guys, though. Like, again, Dean has some experience. Yeah. You were always so good at, at talking and being on the mic. And Suhudo is another guy who's very comfortable talking and being funny. So it, it, that's a natural three to pick. Dean is very natural. I don't know if you guys saw, but Dean did a parody of Stephen A. Smith. He was teasing Stephen A., but he his impression was so brilliant. It, like, went viral. Dean was surprised. Go, man, I didn't know people were going to love that. I didn't know I was. Dean is a naturally entertaining guy to be around. Yeah, so much fun. Uh, speaking about entertaining, when, when I found out you were going to be on, old friend, I was thinking, I go, well, how come? How come Chael Sonnen never got into two things that I think you would be phenomenal at? professional wrestling and acting like a lot of guys who do not have your charm went to both areas and did well for themselves. I'm not naming names. I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. Guys are doing great. I'm happy for them. <laughs> How come you're not dipping your toes in those waters? I, I had a cup of coffee with wrestling. I don't know if you guys remember something called the Monday Night Wars, but it's when Vince McMahon and Ted Turner were both on Monday at the same time. Wrestling was never more fun. I happened to be in college. We all get together. We'd flip the channel back and forth. But during the Monday Night Wars, WCW, it was called. That was Ted Turner's product, would advertise something called the power plant. He would put up a 1-800, hey, want to be a pro wrestler? And he'd put up the number. And one day I called it. So next thing I know, I'm flying out to Atlanta. It was a three-day tryout where they just try to exhaust you. Matt, some of the old stories you've heard of the lion's den, how Bob Shamrock would break guys in, but it had nothing to do with MMA. It was just exercises, calisthenics. If you quit, we don't go on to the next phase. So that's what we did for three days. Everybody washed out, but me and one other guy. And so we both got invited back. That was 1998. I had two years of college left. So I finished college and I was planning to go to the power plant and train for WCW. They went out of business and uh. the world was a different time. There was no Twitter. There was no Facebook. It's like reaching somebody was really tough. I had no contacts. I didn't know who to call. I didn't know how to break into that business. Meanwhile, Randy Couture was right up the road doing MMA. I went to MMA practice instead. Is there anything you would do now, though? Because a lot, a lot of guys seem to like, like, you know, Kane had his run. Um, obviously, Ronda was very successful. And uh, I think you would do really well there. You're a big name in MMA. And uh, you're still great uh, on the mic. You're still in great shape. 
Well, thank you for that. I spoke to WWE one time and I was 33 at the time. I was getting ready to fight for a championship when I was 33. And they said, if you win the championship and you show up to Raw with Dana's belt, it's worth X amount of money to us. They said, but we're not looking for a 33-year-old. It takes too long to learn the psychology. It was the psychology more than the techniques. They said, we're looking for 19-year-olds. So that was my one opportunity. And I did not win the belt. I did not go to Raw. Oh, wow. Speaking of that, now, I don't like to bring up negative shit, but, you know, I've been in the game also. So when people ask me, I can give them the, 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 my answer. That last round with, with Anderson Silva fighting for the belt, you had it won, obviously. Do you? I, I mean, up until then, you were fucking winning. So being the guy that got caught in the triangle, did it ever, does it ever keep you up at night? Or is it just, hey, man, you know the game shit happens? It, it did for years. And now when I think about it, I still get sick to my stomach, but it doesn't completely keep me up at night. I have only one excuse, if you would even call it that. I had never been in a five-round fight. I was scheduled for it in the WEC. Paulo Filo missed weight. It made it a not. I'd never been five rounds. Going in to the fifth round, Matt Lindlin, my cornerman, and I was so fatigued, Matt. I was so incredibly tired. I'd never been out there that long. And I said, what round is it? And Matt said, the fourth. So it was going into the fifth. I thought it was the fourth. And the only reason I bring that up is I didn't have to beat Anderson anymore. I just had to beat the clock. I could have put myself in, I could have backed away. I could have ran that clock out and I might've done that different. Maybe I wouldn't, but I might've had I known what round it was. And I never outed Matt. He was mic'd up and ESPN outed Matt. He called me. He was mad at me. He was mad at me for, I said, Matt, they put you on sports center telling me the wrong round. Yeah, so that might have changed it because the fifth round is obviously a different psychology. You know, if you stay away for a little while, not that you're going to run away from them, but you stay away for a little bit, you buy yourself a minute here and there. Sure. A minute, 23 seconds. I could have pulled guard for goodness sake. I mean, all I had to do was beat the clock. And that part, Matt, that part of it, yeah, man, it keeps me up. It keeps me up. It does. I, I get it. I get it. I've had some, you know. Last minute defeat, spinning, the first ever to get a spinning back fist. <laughs> I get it. Um, but I don't know. None of that shit keeps me up for some reason. Hey, you guys had the rematch and he he got you with that spinning back fist again. I mean, you took it that time. But right. Yeah. It's not always knowing what's coming. You still got to be able to stop it. You know why, too? I mean, in hindsight, it's so silly when I look at it. And, you know, I, I'd like to think my IQ has gone up a lot since then. But it's all about disguising your game plan. The same, that's the same reason why I pretty much got the title. He's thinking I'm going to try to get him to the floor eventually. And I had a totally different game plan. Nobody suspected back then. My game plan was always the same thing to get a hold of somebody and use my jujitsu. Sure. Now I wouldn't even, I fucking, I mean, not to be like that, but if it was my, if I was back then, I would have just relied on my strikes and teed off on them. Show stinks grappling. But when you put a guy in a, you know, and he feels like, and he's all oil and he, sure. And he's, um, and he's, Unnaturally slippery. It feels like slippery. Um, you know, it's a fucking different boy ball game. But speaking of going to guard, Jimmy, I'm sorry I'm all over the place. No, please. Hell knows me a long time. This is what stands out, sticks out in my head the other day. Did you see the Mackenzie Dern fight? Yes. What was killing me was <laughs> any she doesn't listen. She anytime, I'm not a big guy. I'm not gonna tell most of my fighters who are even phenomenal on the floor to jump guard. But all she needed was any kind of grappling. If she would have, say, jump guard, messed up, this girl ended up mounted on her, ended up on her back. If she did, it would have done a sacrifice throw and the girl ended up with both hooks in. She would have got out most likely and either won the round or finished her. That's how much of a difference there was on the floor. You know what I mean? So why, if you're going to be getting picked apart and it's, you know, it's not working out for you getting to her. I would be like, look, you got to get this to the floor by any means necessary. I don't know. This was just, it was, I was so, I was watching the fight. It was very, um, it, it not only nerve wracking, it, it was um, frustrating because I'm like, look, go for a shoot from out from Guam. At least you'll get a clinch. And I don't know. What are your thoughts on that fight, Chael? 
Yeah, and Matt, it's so common, right? Well, we see this athlete that comes up with a huge skill set, but they get talked into. I must be well-rounded. I must know everything. Now, we've only seen one guy throw that out. It was Damian Maya and say, no, I don't. If I'm better at you in one area and I can force that area, but I only bring that because I came from wrestling. I saw some wrestlers that I really like, Tyron Woodley, Johnny Hendricks. They all of a sudden come with a good right hand. And all of a sudden, all they want to do is throw that right hand. And you got to remind them, no, 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 that's plan B. Go to plan A, go to plan A again and again, unless it just absolutely gets stopped. Then you come to that right hand. But we see so many people come to this sport. And I agree with you. Dern is so meaningfully better in that position, but has almost talked herself in to showing what it is she's learned. It's like, no, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that until you have to do that. What did you think? I'm surprised she got out of round two. Uh, I, I thought uh, Mackenzie had her in round two. And it just seemed like every time she was uh, ready to submit her, she did one little thing right. Uh, like kicking when she kicked off the uh, the cage and kind of almost wound up in, in, in top position. I was really impressed with her ability to survive that second round, Rodriguez. Yeah, and Rodriguez also did very something wise in the in the post fight. She called out Joanna. Uh, Young Jacek. Now, I can't remember in my life anyone that's called out Joanna. I know people that fight her when their phone rings and this is who gets up. Nobody wants to fight Joanna. And Rodriguez's complaint is Joanna is ranked higher than me. How can she stay in the rankings if she's inactive? Look, if those girls want to fight for that, that's interesting to me. I like any fighter that sets up what's next on their way out the door. The, the moment one fight ends, the marketing for the next fight begins. That's interesting to me. Well, we'll see what Joanna says, but at least now we have a topic. We have a starting off point. I thought it was wise of Marina. She was angry. She had spite. She had a chip on her shoulder. And the fighters that do the best, the ones that I get behind, are the ones that I know want it. They want to be here. They're competitors. Well, it's also to guy people who are genuine when they call somebody out. And that was one of your strengths, I think, is people always felt that you, even if they didn't like you, they felt you were genuine. You see guys doing it uh, who aren't genuine sometimes. It just feels unnatural and it feels clumsy and clunky and embarrassing. And it doesn't feel good. When someone does it genuinely, it feels, it's really interesting to watch. You can definitely see through it. Yes, you'll never fool the audience. And, you know, these guys will have a pocket of response. They'll drop it. It'll go flat. They have no follow-up. Or the guy that calls out four different different people. That's a hard one for me too. I want to fight Masvidal or I want to fight Roberts. If they're not available, give me Gilbert Burns. Hey, what's, what's Colby doing? They start going in all sorts of directions. It's like, Hey, we'll get behind you, but tell us which way to fire the cannon. Where are we aiming here? Yeah. I mean, it, it is frustrating too. I, and I guess that now that things are so much different, like you said, at one point there wasn't a Twitter and now even in the last few years, social media is such a big part of making fights because it generates fan interest. Um, you know, but the people that aren't good at it really just shouldn't do it because there is something to being kind of, uh, I guess, quiet and collected. But a lot of times, like Leon Edwards has not done a lot of shit talking. And I think he's kind of been passed over a little bit because he doesn't have that a higher profile. He's in an interesting spot. He's got this mega fight, at least by rumor, with George Mosbrough. And make no mistake, the hierarchy of MMA for most guaranteed bankable stars, it goes Conor McGregor, George Mosbrough, Nate Diaz, in that order. And what's so amazing is those guys all have one thing in common. They not only lost their last fight, they lost their last two fights. Dana is the only promoter in history that has made losing acceptable. Boxing guys don't know what to do with it. Dana's top three stars not only mm. lost, they lost their last two. And now Leon's got the opportunity to be attached to Masvidal. And at least now, I'm taking him at his word. This could be gamesmanship. But to take him at his word, he's saying, no, I deserve something else. And I'm looking back on Leon. Go get that mega fight, man. Stand on top of the bill. Yeah. Go five rounds. Get rid of Masvidal if you can. Take all of his stardom. You're looking at this career all wrong. Not to make it personal, there was a ton of memes about that three-piece and soda, dude. Come on, man. Leon, get in there. We're behind you. We want to see this. You got to answer for see that. that right? You don't want nothing to go on behind the scenes. You don't want nothing to go on in the street out of this. You know, it doesn't look good for the sport. But that shit happened organically. So they, who's not going to pay to see them hash that out? Do you think Edwards is waiting for the winner of uh, um, Covington uh, Usman? He's, he says that he is. And he, uh, Usman's in a very interesting spot, right? He's chasing George St. Pierre's greatness. And one thing that George had is not only did he beat the division, he then beat the division a second time. I feel as though that's where Usman is. I think that's what Masvidal Part 2 represented. I think that's what Covington Part 2 represents. But just to remind you guys, he's already fought Leon. 
So if you are Kamara Usman and you have the chance for fresh blood or parity, and that's where, say, like a guy, Vincent uh, Luque, could possibly fit that bill. I, I don't know that that Leon understands a lot of things have to happen to make a fight come together, not just a beautiful ranking. And I think that he I think that he could be waiting for nothing. There's nothing that says that Masvidal has to sign on that line. And there's a lot of good options. That's a great point. So you think that maybe if uh, Edwards and Masvidal fought, did you mean Usman sign on that line? Um uh, if, if if Masvidal and Edwards fought and Edwards wins, uh, whether excitingly or not, maybe that makes him more attractive to Usman if he beats Covington the second time. I think that's right. I think that, that Leon is missing. Like, he doesn't get to choose. I'm just going to sit out and pass over mega matches and then be guaranteed that either uh, Kamara or Covington agrees to fight him. I mean, there's a lot of things that have to happen there. And you've got a window. Everybody knows that. I mean, you've got to get paid when you can get win the matches you can win when you can win them. And I'm not sure Leon looks at it that way. I, I think over time he'll look back and agree with me, but... You know, he's in this prime right now. He feels great. Training's going great. His results are wonderful. But one day he'll wake up. You're never done with this sport, fellas. But one day you'll wake up and this sport is done with you. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Uh, you also mentioned, I'm reading here, that you mentioned uh, the only fight for Masvidal would be uh, Nick Diaz. Is that another fight you talked about? That's what I'm reading here. I would love it. Matt, I would love that. And if you remember right after Masvidal beat Nate and became the BMF, Nick Diaz, who had been in obscurity, pops into an MMA show. I believe it was at Ariel. And he says, well, of course I could beat this guy. You know, he looked good, but he beat my little brother. I big brother this guy all the time. I will come in and take care of this for the family. And for me, that was intriguing. I love a redemption story. But particularly, you know, it's generally a teammate to a teammate or a, a coach to his, his student. To have an actual big brother step in, like for me, man, that's the fight. And don't forget, Masvidal and Nate are in a very unique spot in that those guys are not contenders anymore. They are not threats, but they are massive stars. So if we can get some stars together for nostalgic reasons, just to have a little bit of fun, which we don't get to do in the UFC a lot. We don't have a lot of fun. It's about contenders and championships. If we can have some fun, I'm all for it. Masvidal versus Nick Diaz, that alone. Would be, I mean, it have to be a five round fight. Absolutely. And, uh, I want to see Diaz when he has a little bit more. I don't know what happened with the training camp last time, or whatever. Uh, for what? Listen, he, he's always he, he knows how to fight, so he was fighting the way he fights. But I feel if he was in some of that triathlon shape type of thing, like he didn't look like he normally looks. I don't know if it's the extra. And weight. he changed weight last minute too. I think he went went to up to one eighty five. Uh, with a proper training camp, him versus Masvidal. Which just gives me goosebumps just because of who they are. I mean, shit, that'd be phenomenal. Oh, I fully agree. Plus the backstory and the little brother, con yeah. you know, and the Diaz's have a code like Nate will not fight Robbie Lawler. Nate will not try to redeem big brother because if he succeeded, he would be showing his brother up and he does not want to do that. But to do it in reverse where Nick steps in. Yeah, man, that thing works. And I do agree with you with the training camp. I think that Nick and Robbie was a lot closer than Nick knew it was at the time. And maybe Nick was more tired than he's used to being, but he was still throw, he was still in great shape. He could have gone more. He looked like he came for a fight. He had a fight. I've had enough. I get it. I don't think he quit. He, even though that if anyone else did, I call him a quitter. It was different to me. There was something about the five years off. And I do think if he looks at that tape afterwards, he's going to realize I, I had a little more. I want to ask you guys too uh, the uh, Jackson Rosa fight. Uh, that 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 kind of like the same elbow that I think Yair Rodriguez uh, beat uh, Chan Sung Jung with, which uh, split him, split him really badly. Has either one of you ever been hurt that badly? And what is going through your mind when you're bleeding that way? Is it something that your adrenaline just wipes out or are you concerned that you're actually really hurt? Matt, go first. Tell him about an ass whipping you took. My last fight with Chris Lytle. We like clashed heads. So you can see the, uh, where is it on this side? Yeah, I had. 50 stitches over here. And we clashed heads at the end of the round because we were throwing. Talk about falling in love with your power, Chael. You know, listen, I should have went for some singles, doubles back then. But, uh, you know, I had a boxing match with Chris Lido, which was one of the stupidest things I've done. But we anyway, we clashed heads. So I had an open wound. It wasn't in a 100% of bad space. It was getting in my eye. But I, I'm pretty proud I fought another like 11 minutes with it, if that means anything. I'm proud of the scar. I, it just, when I see the scar, not only does it look cool, it reminds me of my good buddy Chris Lytle and how much I like him and want to give him a call. What about you, Dale? <laughs> what about you? 
I had one where I got, I was on top and Nate Marquardt posted and he did what's called a collapsing elbow. He took his palm. Yeah. And it just, I mean, right on the, and uh, when the blood was coming down, I made it through the round. So the corner does the only thing the corner can do, which is put Vaseline on it. So now between the blood, the sweat and the Vaseline, I'm blinded. And that was my biggest memory of that. Like that fight just could not get over fast enough. It was the, the, the seconds felt like minutes and the minutes like hours, one of those expressions, but, uh, it was, the, it was blocking my vision. It wasn't a shock issue. It was a, I'm having a hard time seeing this guy. Yeah. Cause it really looked, I think maybe it looked worse than it was. Cause the doctor just took a second and looked at it and goes, hey, you can fight. Like, like it just seemed like it was a very, the doctor didn't seem concerned with it at all. Yeah. And that very much depends on the jurisdiction you're in. Like New York is known through boxing MMA, but they're known for really stopping fights at the sign of blood. And Vegas is known for the other where Vegas kind of, uh, you know, lets it go a little more and wants to see how it's pumping and flowing. And so it kind of matters where you are. Uh, I can remember Tony Ferguson was going to fight Khabib in New York. Josh Thompson gave an analysis. Josh had fought both of those guys, trained with one, fought Tony, but he said, Tony can cut you more than hurt you. Tony will slice you open. And the fact that they're fighting in New York and the likelihood that Tony is to cut Khabib, Josh was picking Tony. And I've never really heard that argument based on the, the jurisdiction's doctor's history. It was fair, and I remember him saying it. Wasn't there, that's a great point, wasn't there a high-profile fight stopped and people thought it should have been stopped, a doctor stoppage in New York in the last, and I'm just, I'm remembering the moment, not the fight. Do you know what I'm, which one was that? I can't produce it, but it was a boxing fight. It was a boxing fight, and the commission was even arguing, I think Bob Aaron put it on, but he was saying that never would have been stopped if I did a jur different jurisdiction. I don't want to come back to New York. I kind of side on New York side of it. I'm a bit of a prude on that. If a guy's hurt and the fight, if the, Point has been proven. Like, cornerman. I don't think a cornerman should stop the fight when his fighter can no longer go on. I think as soon as your fighter can no longer win, if he can no, if you're down four rounds and you are exhausted, get him out of there. Yeah, you don't know at that point which shot will be the shot that he, that they just put him over the edge, you know? What are you, what are you doing, Chell? They said uh, you're doing something, which I thought was pretty interesting. You're going to go out and find the best steak. Um, is that something you, a show you've started or is it something you're thinking of doing? No, that's what I always do in my spare time. I, I travel a lot around, you know, with the UFC or however. And so, but I'll send a tweet and I'll just say, Hey, what, what's the best steak around here? And it doesn't need to be a fancy, but it can be. Uh, but I just want to kind of know where the best steak is. That's not a show. If I could get somebody uh, to pay me to do that, I, I, I would be in heaven, but no, I'm just on my pursuit, my own personal pursuit. And you know what, Jim, I think you and I had a great steak. I think we more. Did. Even though it's a chain, I think Morton's does it as well as anybody in America. Morton's is good and it's consistent. It's like, uh, yeah, I agree. They're amazing. The food is uh, always the same in every one you go to, and it's always good. I've never actually eaten at, um, oh God, the famous one in Brooklyn that's cash only. Like, uh, what what the fuck is that? Everyone knows the name. I can't imagine the most famous steak place. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up. Oh, Peter Luger's. Peter Luger's. Peter Luger's. Which I've never eaten at, but oh, that's just something you're doing because they told us about it before. So like, oh, maybe Chell's doing a new show. It's just something you like to do when you go out. Yes, there's a place. I put it as uh, the best restaurant I've ever eaten at. It's called Mr. Chow's. There's one in L.A. They've opened one at Caesars Palace in Vegas. I submit for you that Mr. Chow's is the single best meal I've ever had. It's Asian fusion. Nobody knows what in the hell that means. Like, by example, they have a turkey spaghetti at this Asian fusion. They have a turkey spaghetti that's just it's a, the entire place is phenomenal. If I was to recommend a restaurant, since you name drop Peter Luger's, I'll submit for you, Mr. Chow's. I, th I would have thought that was just, I, I sounded like, I, there was, I thought there was a Mr. Chow's in New York that just served Chinese food, but maybe it was just the same name. I went there with Dana one time when I was in LA. It was, it was good. It's amazing. It's so good. That's his hangout. He go, Dana knows the best food. People don't know that about, he is a foodie. It doesn't matter if you want a, a dollar hot dog or you want a $400. It doesn't matter. That's the guy you asked, Dana, where should I eat? He knows food. That's why I like hanging with him. He's a foodie and I'm a fatty. We have a good time. <laughs> now, do you eat sushi, Chell, or are you, are you a sushi hater? I love it. I love sushi. Yeah, I'll eat that. I'll eat pretty much. The older I get, like the less afraid I am. I was always afraid of food poisoning. Now as I'm like 53, I'm like, ah, who gives a shit? Just, just try it. The worst sushi you'll ever have, and this might surprise you, is in Japan. And I'll tell you why. When they take the white rice... They put wasabi on it, then they cover it with the fish. 
I believe I, as the customer, have the right to control my own wasabi intake because that is a very personal taste, how much you want or how little you want. In Japan, they do it for you, and it will make your nose run. Your eyes will water. I, I beg them not to do it. They never understand. They always put wasabi on that damn thing. It is too much. It's too much for me. And I hate when you order sushi and the chef suggests no soy. No, so they tell you not to put, and I, I always use it. I never listen. I don't like being told how to fucking eat my sushi, but yeah, they tell you no soy, no soy. It's like, I have to. I'm with you on that. I don't even want it if I don't have soy sauce. I'm that way with Mexican food. I love Mexican food, but if they don't have sour cream, I'm not eating it. I just, I, I need to have it. It's like mayonnaise on a sandwich. You know, it's not a sandwich without that for me. You guys are making me fucking starving. I know. As we're talking, I'm like, I'm going to have sushi tonight. Like, I haven't had sushi in a couple of months. Is there a place, is there a restaurant that you haven't eaten at that you've heard about? Like, for me, that that it's in Japan, actually. The uh, Euro, I think it's called, or Jiro, the uh, sushi place is where I would eat if I could eat anywhere that I've not eaten. Is there one place you want to try that you've never been to? Okay, so you actually said it in Peter Luger's. I've tried to get into that place before. There's something called the Mandarin Oriental in Japan. Or I apologize, in New York City. I did get to go there uh, on Valentine's Day, but their their menu was limited because I got there late. If I could go back to the Mandarin Oriental or if I could go to Peter Luger's, uh, I would love that opportunity. But I like simple food, too. Like, I'm coming to New York for Covington versus Masvidal, and I cannot wait to grab just a slice of pizza on the street, put a little garlic powder on it head on down the road till i find the next shop and get another one i love that and what you mentioned too uh Chell, you mentioned uh john and you think the ufc cutting him would be a mistake right if the ufc decided to get rid of you think that would be a mistake on their part because they wouldn't have him or why do you think well i just think that people that want john jones cut want that for one reason which is to punish john I am reminding them that as long as he is under contract dana has a power and dana has an option if he is to cut him and John signs somewhere, this is all gone. So I'm just uh, cautioning people, take a deep breath. Dana has not decided or said what he's going to do. He's going to let a legal process play out. Then he's going to step in with his own decision. And keeping that contract gives Dana that power and that right. If he releases him, he doesn't have it. I'm just trying to remind you. So many people put a gun into Dana, like Dana did something wrong. Dana did everything right that week. He held a beautiful event and was nice enough to hold a Hall of Fame and recognize some of us older guys for past achievements. You, you can't put this on his lap. Let him have a breath here. Let him see what happened. The same as the rest of us. Give it a minute. That's my suggestion. Yeah, it's it's what what do you think with someone who's got as much going for him as John does too, and he's such a talented fighter. And and again, he's a loved uh fighter. It's just sometimes it's hard for guys to shake that other thing that's just weighing them down. I got to tell you, fellas, if anybody's waiting on me, I've lost audio. I don't hear anything, oh, but I, I saw Jim's mouth quit moving. I thought maybe that was my turn to talk. We're working on it now, but I, I don't hear anything. Oh, I thought I asked a terrible question. I was like, I was just going to. All right. Chael, can you hear us, buddy? No, he still doesn't have us. Yeah. And tell tell Chael we said goodbye and we understand it happens. Um, and we'll talk to him soon. You're having such a good time with Chael. Thank you, Chael, for coming on the show. How was that natural? We said goodbye to Chael, and then he came on and told us to do a natural goodbye, and they better leave this in. Jimmy, you're silly. <laughs> He's not even here anymore. Who are you doing? I know. It was just one of those things. We had a little bit of a glitch, and we're going to Randy uh, Brown now. <laughs> it happens. But Chael's fucking studio is awesome. <laughs> Leave that in there, Antonio. Yeah, that's funny. Oh, shit. Get in here, Brooklyn boy. Where's Randy Brown? BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
Ah, boom. There he is. Oh, yeah, Randy. <laughs> what up? What up? Hey, buddy. Randy, what's up, dude? I, I'm looking at that art behind you. Is that comic book art? What am I seeing? That's Afro Samurai. Fuck. The African <laughs> Samurai trains with me. You ever meet Manny? Yeah, he, he knows all about that. That's, that's he, Manny's bag right there. Does he know that? Absolutely. I love Manny. And first of all, hey, man, congratulations, yeah. bro. Us, thank you. Hey, never looked fucking better. How about you having a ball in there? Yeah, man. <laughs> it was fun. I had a good time. Uh, I don't know. It was just, I was just in a zone where I was happy, man. I was happy to be there. I was happy. I was just absorbing the moment and just doing my thing. Were you concerned after that first moment with your uh, with your foot? Um, did you did you know like how bad a shape were you in, and what did you think the uh, issue was? Um, it was pretty bad right out the gate. I already knew what it was when when it when it popped up. It's never happened to me before. So once it popped up, I was like, I looked at it. I was like, oh shit, well that's that's new. You know, that's interesting. <laughs> you know, what but was uh, it exactly, Randy. Yeah, was it your toe? Yeah, my my right big toe. The whole side just fucking popped up so whenever i pushed on it it i just felt squishiness and mush i was like way off balance i couldn't really stand a no back foot to push in, on my right hand good poker face man it yeah. looked like from being a jujitsu guy it looked like something annoying like i he kicked him in the face i'm like it looks like maybe somebody has to grab his toe and like pull it or something because i saw you like kind of like looking at like step it back into place or something no it it wasn't jammed it was like complete right now it's swollen i feel like the thing that keeps it in place is probably broken or chipped or something because it's it's it came all the way out like it was like lean and I, my instinct was just to like stomp on it so i can get it back in place so i wouldn't feel that mushiness underneath it you were doing that in the third round, even. You were still. Were you were just trying to step it back into place, and and just to just to. Uh, it was just driving you crazy. Yeah, it was painful. Every time it came out, it hurt like hell, and I, and like I said, I had no drive. Like it stopped my mobility, so I was it wasn't able to slide out of the way of the kicks like earlier, and I wasn't able to push and get pop on my punches. I had to, every time I had to push forward to attack, I had to jump off my back off my heel. Your cardio looked great, by the way. You looked great in the third round. I mean, that was a really a competitive third round. Uh, I thought both of you guys looked really, really uh, good and fairly fresh, too. So you were really, uh, whatever you did, you looked great. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate it. Um, you, you know, it came out It came out eight times. I watched it and I counted it, right? I rewatched the fight and counted how many times it came out. Eight times in round one, I adjusted it. Uh, ten times in round two and nine times in round three. Crazy. How much pain was associated with it? Or was it more of a painful and foreign feeling or was it excruciating pain? Not excruciating because of the adrenaline, but it was sharp pain whenever it came out. Initially, it was like a sharp pain. And then while it was out, it was uncomfortable and no balance. So another sharp pain to pop it back in. But then in between those moments, it was good. Hey, you're lucky too. I mean, look what happened with O'Malley, uh, right? We, we, he had that weird issue with his, uh, was that his leg or his foot where he just, he couldn't put any pressure on it and he wound up uh, losing the fight. So it, it's a miracle that you got through the whole fight like that. Yeah, man. Oh, I thought you meant the one with O'Malley when he was actually won the fight when the guy jumped on him when his leg was broken. No, I'm not against uh, Chito Vera. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, I got you. Uh, hey, Randy, first of all, your setup looks per looks awesome over there. Is that where you do your Twitch stuff? Yeah, this is where we do our streaming, our Twitch stuff, uh, gaming, all that good stuff. I will be there. I will be there one day. I'm telling you, man. I always tell you, this is you love Twitch, man. You got to get here. If you come on Twitch, man, everybody will just show you so much love. It's gonna happen. It's so gonna happen. I met with the UFC uh, uh, Twitch people. Nice when I was over there, and they they talk to me. I'm just you know, I ease into things. Uh, you're like, the guy, man. I see you at the school, man. Jimmy, he visits. <laughs> uh, he comes down on Tuesday nights, and he oh nice. Get them rolling in. And how's my buddy Nordu Deborah doing? How is he doing? He's good, man. You know, he's still you know real life samurai, man. <laughs> real life samurai. This guy doesn't age. His instructor does not age. He looks like just. Uh, I, I know him for shoot, man. Over like twenty years, easily. And uh, I love seeing him in your corner. You guys have that that um instruct that 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 um. That respect there with each other, the student master thing going. I love it. Do you, and Ralph Mitchell is an old school martial artist that people don't know about. Do you know Ralph Mitchell? Yeah, that's that's uh, we call him Sifu. That's my my uh, instructor's uh, instructor. So that's like my granddad. <laughs> <laughs> Another guy. I just wanted to get his name out there because I know Ralph a very long time also. So that's good, man. You're making everybody proud. So who did you call out or did you call out somebody? Remind us. I didn't call out anyone in the moment, 
but I had to go back and look at the rankings. But there's definitely guys that I'd love to fight, you know, coming home and everything. All the energy's down. And I'm able to look at the rankings. Yeah. I think me and Jeff Neal would be really good. Ooh. You know, I think that'll be a nice fight. You know, bring him back and, you know, give me an opportunity to move up. What's he ranked now? I'm not sure. I think somewhere at like 12 or something like that, somewhere around there. I think it's a good matchup stylistically for me. And I think I think some just stylistically the fans would like to see that. He's he's a guy that's pushing forward. He's throwing bombs. I'm a guy that's very elusive and I'm cutting angles, you know, and I think I could I could make a a nice a nice fight for everybody with that. Yeah, Neil is uh number ten. My eyes are, my eyes are so shit. Uh, yeah, Jeff's on number ten. Nice. Um did you just write that, Antonio? Maybe you did. Our producer said that to us. Yes, he did. Hey, was this the first time your dad got to see you live too? Yeah. First time ever. You know, he's never seen any of my fights. We talk about it. He's able to hear my fights. It's funny. So it's locked down most of the time when I'm fighting. So they can't really get to see it. They, but what they do is the guards will turn the TV up for that whole block. And then whenever I win, the whole everyone's kicking the door in celebration of me, you know, whenever I'm fighting. So that's cool. But I've never got to see it. So this time they actually let them let them get to see it. So that was cool. Oh, that must have been amazing. Did you talk to him after? Yeah, he's super proud of me, man. He's happy, you know, really emotional and all that. So, you know, bittersweet. <laughs> yeah. When do you, how long is he in there for? Um, He's been in there for a long time. He's been in there 20, what, 28, 27 to 28 years so far. Um, It, it, it was a double life, you know what I mean? So um, we'll see, we'll see. But should be, you know, with a lot of the laws changing and a lot of the marijuana things, you know, getting people getting released on that is a lot of his time will be time served. And, and so I'm hoping we see him sometime next year. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, that'd yeah. be great. That's good. He got to see you, uh, got to see you fight too. That's really, and it's nice. You won, you know what I mean? I'm sure yeah. he would have been proud of the way, but you know, that's a good one. That was a good goddamn fight for yeah, your dad to see. To see man. That's, and that's, that was another why I wanted to make sure I gave a little, a little bit of a more entertainment, entertainment factor in there, you know, got to throw that in there. Yeah. There was some talking in there, Randy. You know, it's yeah. a little along the lines of what you're talking about now. What, what were you saying in there to him? Um, you know, it's just fight banter, man. At one point, I was, I just told him to make weight. You know, <laughs> at one point because he made the weight, so I was make weight. One time, I touched him on his cheek and he said I poked him in the eye. I told him, and I was like, I didn't, I didn't. I was like, stop lying, bitch. You know, shit like that. Just fight banter. You know what I mean? Want to hear it? That's fucking great. Does that bother you if someone's talking to you that way? And Matt, would it have driven you crazy? Like when is that for you guys? Is that just so natural? Like it doesn't mean anything hearing somebody say it, or does it? Act, will that actually annoy you? I don't care. For me, I don't care. I'm just I'm there to fight. I'm there in the moment. I'm worried about the things that you're actually doing as physically, not what your what your mouth is doing. You know what I mean? I just black it out. Um, but some people it does affect, and I just figured in that moment I wanted to make it entertainment and banter him a little bit. So that's what we did. I never got that too much, to be honest with you. You know, a little bit with Carol Parisian, like, come on, bitch, that type of thing. But then that was it. And then we were hugging at the end of the round. It was a weird one. But <laughs> no, I never had that too much. Now, Randy, on your Twitch, hmm. how many, are you on at set times during the week? And what does it consist of? Are you just playing games? Because I've heard that the Twitch is becoming more of like a podcast thing now. Like, Absolutely. You can do anything on Twitch. There's people doing everything on Twitch. There's IRL, what they call in real life. So I went live on Twitch backstage before the way at the weigh-ins, you know, I can do it almost like I do my Instagram. Cause like Absolutely. You out, my Instagram game is strong. Oh yeah. We see you. <laughs> we see you, man. <laughs> and people can tip you right on Twitch. Can't they tip you? Like it's, it's yeah, a they, guys make money doing that. They subscribe. So we have a couple subscribers and I've built a discord. So I built a nice little community of people who just are just loyals, you know, loyal, loyal guys who kind of just my fans and they just hang with me and they get an opportunity to just get to know me on a human level. You know what I mean? And whenever I go live on Twitch automatically goes to my discord and everyone knows that I'm live and Twitch fam comes through and we just kick it for a little bit. But I do a podcast on Friday and Sunday pre-fight show and post-fight show for any oh. UFC that's going on. And then throughout the rest of the week, I just game. Oh, so you, all right. Do you have set times that you're on or are you just saying, oh, yo, I'm going to be on. You tell people on Instagram. No, I'm, I'm on 6.30 Eastern time uh, on Fridays and Sundays every week. And uh, my gaming schedule is random. I can just pop in and game anytime. But my show is a set time. And wait, you're, what time is your show again? Tell me again. Uh, 6.30 Eastern time. Oh, every, every day? Eastern, yep. 6.30. Every, no, every Friday and Sunday. Oh, every Friday and Sunday. Yeah. Uh, and how long is a show, um, you know, usually? 
It was about an hour, hour, sometimes hour and a half. Depends on what's going on. And listen, my, it's a little raunchy. Like we talk about any and everything, mostly based around MMA. But we we talk a lot of shit and we interact. The cool thing is we interact with the fans on chat. So they're typing and we're talking to them and going back and forth. It's fun. It's a good time. Do you have a tech guy? I am the tech guy. <laughs> I am the Brown. tech guy. <laughs> You're just one of those guys who's good at it, right? You're just technically, you know how to, to navigate that world. The pandemic, man, the pandemic, you know, my brother's a, com- a really a computer guy. He's into all that shit. You know, he's like a, a, a program. I don't know what the fuck he is. Some, he does works with computers. He does. He writes code and all that shit. For me, he's always wanted me to get into it. So I've always been around it. So it's easier for me to learn it. So during the pandemic, I just dove in headfirst and just built it. Randy, you could put me in three pandemics with Bill Gates as my personal fucking tutor, and I'll still be very special. You understand? It's not as hard as you think, man. When I say special, it's not. <laughs> it's, it, I'm using it instead of another word. I would not. I don't. I can't. You can work. do it. You I can, can trust play me. The, I can play the fuck at a population one in VR. That's I why can you can. Do. That's I why can you can work. do it. Dude, you I'll, know why? I'll, I'll, I'll because you're a gamer. Up. Stack up those pixel bodies. I'm good at that shit. <laughs> but the tech part, I got to get a tech guy, man. I'm doing my basement over. I want to be in this world of Twitch. I want to be entertaining people, Jimmy. Like You, you should. Hey, hey if, you, if you need help, Matt, I got you, man. Trust me. Just hit me up. I got you. Someone's getting a Sarah BJJ t-shirt. Listen, because <laughs> it doesn't have to be perfect, right? It, your Twitch setup can be, it, you, it's something you can improve on in time. You just want to get started and get Absolutely. it going. Absolutely. Me, I wanted to put my best foot forward because I, I, I'm not, you know, this huge famous guy as like Matt is, you know what I mean? Matt's super well known. It doesn't matter. Matt, you, you get on there. It doesn't matter what your camera look like. It's Matt Sarah. People are tuning in. Randy Brown. That's why I never asked him to pull out his credit card when he goes to Sarah BJ. He's the <laughs> fucking great for my ego. The best. <laughs> he is a nice, Randy's a very nice man. Now, Randy, you're, you're lighting in the back. Do you have like any Phillips lights or anything? I have Phillips lights all over my house. I love it. Do you have any special color lighting or is it just regular? I got a hue, a hue light whenever I stream or game. Philips hue lights, right? Yeah, yep. amazing. Philips, Philips hue light. Um, they got to pay you for that, by the way. Um, do, do they really? <laughs> they should. <laughs> oh, they sh- I, I've talked about them on the radio so many times. How easy their app is. They've never even said thank you. Fuck oh, them. Man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just changed the colors and changed the lighting, and and it gives it like a nice little silhouette. That's Dude, that. Isn't it? It's as a grown man. Like I'm 53. And I, I come home and I put different colored lights on. It just makes me happy. Like, I shouldn't like it as much as I do. Bro, you could connect it to like Alexa. And if your alarm goes off, everything is like you could turn all the colors to go red and shit like that. So if someone ever breaks into your house, it's just red, red lights. And you can make a sound that goes darn, darn. Then they think the shit's going to blow up or something. Oh, that's fucking <laughs> fuck with people. I don't, I don't do Alexa. <laughs> I don't do any of that. I don't do anything that can listen to me talking all day scares me that that kind of scares me the uh alexa terrifies me hey the weight loss thing too i want to talk about uh, sorry not making the weight uh he missed by what four and a half pounds good uh I, that was my mistake actually it was only four pounds oh it's four, still four pounds is still a hefty and you were saying that 20 percent. you raised an interesting point because he's probably not making a giant uh purse so you think it should be 50 percent of the of the fighter's purse over a certain weight miss or any weight miss um Personally, I think just straight a one, you know, whatever you miss, man, 50%. I've seen a lot of people saying a tear, one by one pound, 10%, you know, two pounds, 20. I disagree. I think just, just hit everybody for 50, man, and that'll that'll change things. I think that'll, because guys miss weight on purpose trying to get an advantage, you know? You mean they're willing to, to part with a little bit of uh, money to get the advantage? Absolutely. And especially if you're not making a ton of money, the guys are like, yo, all right, well, what's, what's three grand out of, out of whatever I'm making? If I'm making 15 grand, not a lot of money, what's three grand out of 15 grand? And then they, yeah. just, they just do what they do. And you're a little less depleted, right? If that, that last few pounds you don't cut, you're a little less depleted in the weight cut. 100%. 100%. I mean, you see in the front kick I hit dude with, that, that would have slept anybody. You know, I broke my damn foot on it. On his head, you know what I mean? And dude is still coming forward. I'm like, what the hell? You know, I, I think that that has something to do with not cutting a ton of weight. So that's interesting. Hey, man, I spent time in that sooner. I get it, man. Shit. It's no joke. It's no joke. And it, what made me what angered me even more is that I actually doc this camp. I documented, you know, my entire back, you know, me going that my fight week. So my when I re- I'm going to release a, a video an episode on my YouTube tonight, actually, of 
you get to see me weigh, cutting weight. I'm a big guy. You see me cutting weight. It is not easy to make that weight. And I, I've never missed weight, not once in my career. So for a guy to not make the weight and then come not apologetic, but just swell up on me at the weigh-in and trying to like, like, bro, you didn't even make weight, man. Like if I don't make weight, I'm kind of apologetic. Like, yo, that's at least if, if I didn't make weight, that's how I would be. But homie was trying to be all tough. So. Wait, so you're telling me that you have a YouTube channel also. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Rude Boy, Rude Boy TV, Rude Boy, one word, space TV. He's all he's he's covering all the bases. Yeah, he is. (laughs) It's smart. You have to. I mean, it's it's a way to uh, make a little bit of income from ten different sources. I mean, it it adds up to a decent amount of income. Absolutely, and and you know what? I genuinely enjoy it. I like talking to the fans. I have a good time just interact. If you if you should see my Discord, these dudes talk to me like. Like they know me from down the block. Like they're they're roasting me. I'm roasting them. We just we got a tight knit group and I and I like it. It's kind of cool. And where are you living, Randy? I live in Queens. Oh, you are you're still in okay. Were you in New York this whole time? Yeah, but I went to visit uh Cali to go train over at King's MMA for a little bit in the beginning of the camp. You know what I mean? I went to go see uh Cordero and you know, my boy Naaman Gracie, shout out to him. He helped me a lot. That's my guy. You know, that's the connect from Henzo, you know. So um went to go train with him. And, you know, also I'm in New York. So sometimes I go travel up in Philly to go see Daniel Gracie again. That's the, the Henzo connection again. And then, you know, I go see Matt, you know, from time to time as well, every Tuesday. So just the Henzo fam, man. He's just making it work. He's got a lot of connections, man. It's great, yeah. dude. <laughs> well, Randy, you've called also for a faster turnaround. Did you say you wanted a quicker turnaround for this next fight? Yeah, man. I mean, if, if the toe would allow me. New York, man. I, I am the New York guy, you know. It's not a lot of New Yorkers on the card, you know what I mean? So, I mean, in the UFC anymore, you know, it's just a few of us, you know what I mean? And no offense, Matt, you know, I'm from the boroughs, you know. I'm the only guy from the boroughs, so I say get me in there, you know. Get me in the Barclays, get me in get me in Madison Square Garden. I could pack that place. Queens or Brooklyn? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Queens, Jamaica, Queens. Wait, where did Norn you grow up? Where did Norn He grew up in Brooklyn. He's the Brooklyn guy. Well, I knew it was somebody. <laughs> what are you guys? That's great. <laughs> what Queens? Uh, Jamaica, Queens. Oh, oh, shit, man. That's where uh, my grandparents grew up in Hollis. Oh, Hollis. I'm not far from Hollis. That's crazy. I'm right here. I'm like uh, in Laurelton. Laurelton, yeah. Springfield Gardens area. Yeah. That's where Run DMC is from, Hollis. Yeah. It was scary. We'd lock them up. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Brown. I'm like, oh, we're going to visit Grandpa Betty. Lock them uh, up, kids. Uh, uh, <laughs> and it's funny because because on the way there we passed Jamaica at States. And yeah. I'm like, oh, this is look at these big nice houses. Nice. All of a sudden, all of a sudden it changes it was, like that. Boom. Yeah, it's good. It was, it was uh it was interesting, you know. But it's the uh, trenches, man. The trenches it is what it is. Oh man, that's where they grew up, and uh, and that that was that was your neighborhood over there. Yeah, Run DMC. They went to the same high school as my uh, my father. What was that Andrew Jackson High School? Oh, Andrew Jackson's right. Oh, Jackson, that's no joke. That's a serious high school. Yeah, yeah. I went to Jamaica High School, like not right, right across, so not far. Yeah, <laughs> serious place, no joke. Yeah, yeah. Listen, man, it's all- serious place. As in, it, it it could be rough. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. You know, that's it. It doesn't really it pro- that places like that produce a lot of a lot of hardened people. You know what I mean? And people who who can persevere, as you guys, you could tell. You know, so um, right. That environment helps you then. It, it, it kind of, te- what does it teach you like mentally, like uh, how to do things even when you're afraid to do them or, or what does it show you? Just adapt- adaptation, man, survival. Adaptation, you know what I mean? In a, in a wherever you are and whatever situation you're put in, you know, for me, I've learned, I've, I've been very good over the time of adapting and molding and being able to just uh, fit in where I could get in when it comes to, you know, my career you know, and, and building and being better. So um, I've done a good job of just evolving in whatever environment I am, I'm in. So I think that's what, that, that comes with just being with where I'm from, you know, the islands and, and obviously Jamaica here. But as far as, you know, where you're coming from and whatnot, as far as making the right choices, because I mm-hmm. know there's probably a lot of your friends growing up with some people, you know, that made the wrong choices. Sure. What, what do you think your father, I'm going to, I'm going to assume it being away as long as he has been, wasn't really in your life too much. What made you, was your, was your mother, your grandparents, who, who was it? What were martial arts? What, what helped you make these right choices? 
Um, Matt, I'll tell you, I didn't always make the right choices. A lot of times, I just ain't get caught. <laughs> but I didn't always make the right choices. Well, look where you ended up. Ultimately, but, uh, you made some really good choices. For sure, for sure. You know, but uh, I've learned, you know, my my father, you know, contrary to popular belief, my father was away, but he was actually very present at the same time. You know, so um, we kept a good relationship. You know, we spoke all the time. You know, I went to visit him all the time. You know, only time, the longest I've went without seeing him is, you know, when I was in Jamaica, the years that I'd grown up in Jamaica is when I, but we were always talking, always, you know, conversing. And he knew what I was up to in school or everything. He just wasn't able to visit, but he was always involved, you know. Um, my mom, same thing. My mom was there, you know what I mean? But she, she had to play both roles a little bit because she was more, she was more tough on me than every, anybody, you know what I mean? Because she knew, you know, where I'm coming from, you know, who I'm around and how we grew up, especially growing up in Jamaica. That's a whole nother story that I'll fill you in another time on Matt, me and you will talk. But, um, you know, she was tough on me for that. So she, she needed that. She knew that I needed to be hardened for that. So she brought me, she was the one that got me to the gym. You know, she's the one that made me, kept me on the right path. And obviously I made some bonehead decisions, but you know, God was with me, <laughs> you know, and, and I was able to just, stay focused afterwards. And I knew what I wanted to do. I knew what I wanted to be. Ultimately, my dad's always on me saying he's so proud of me and he wants me to be a better man than he was. And he always saying, you know what, I want you to stay on the right, the right side of the law, because I know it's very easy for you to, to just simply, you could have easily just been on the other side, you know, just based off of a lot of the people I'm around and how I grew up, you know what I mean? But I stayed the path, man. I stayed the path and I knew what I wanted. So. And we all make mistakes, man, but it's, of, do we still do we keep making them or do exactly. we learn and, and look where you are now with your fucking twitch set up i'm not jealous <laughs> i'm jealous jimmy jimmy i need that i need something like it but maybe a wolverine behind me picture and oh man i'm telling let you, it be an inspiration <laughs> matt let it be an inspiration it don't is, be jealous it, get yourself one it is an inspiration i'm inspired randy brown you're inspiring me and many other people you're an entrepreneur yeah. Hustler, baby. Ultimately, that's what it is. I'm a hustler. Well, Randy, look, where can people see you? What we want to promote what you want to promote. Uh, obviously, your next fight will promote when we hear about it. Uh, but where can people see Rude Boy TV is your YouTube? And how do they see you on Twitch and all that? All right. My YouTube is Rude Boy, one word, space TV. You get a behind the scenes look of, you know, just my life and my training and all that. Um, my Twitch for the show, the show is uh, touch, touch and go 170, just like my Instagram, touch and go. Uh, you can see me on Twitch there. Every Friday and Sunday, we got a show going on. Beyond that, just come kick it with me. Um, that's it. Well, Randy, hopefully, I, Matt, I hope we get into a studio soon so we don't have to just keep seeing people on Zoom. I miss um, coming to hang with y'all, man. I miss it. I remember I used to come chill with y'all yeah. up there at the studio. I miss it. I can't wait to come back, man. Yeah, I can't wait either because I, 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 this is, Zoom is frustrating. I miss them in, in studio hangs. Rest up your little piggies on your, on your toe. <laughs> <laughs> you come back and... Uh, Get some more plotters down at Sarah BJJ. Tell yes, Nora dude to give me a call. I miss him. I got you. I got you. Awesome, man. Good talking to you, Randy, as always. All right. Thanks for, for having me on. Much love. Okay, pal. See you soon. Congratulations again. Thank you. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, yeah, so I kind of stressed my, um, expressed my, um, my thoughts on um, I'm saying um a lot. The Mackenzie Dern fight. I, yeah. I feel that any way possible, she could have jumped on. I don't normally suggest that, but if she would have jumped, just get the 
the knot of her belt to hers, felon guard. Chances are she's getting a reversal and finishing the fight. That's how good she was on the floor. So it was very frustrating. But at the same time, props to Rodriguez, man. She was phenomenal. She really did. I mean, Marina Rodriguez showed a lot of heart and a lot of perseverance from surviving maybe probably a 10-8 round when she was getting mauled on the floor. That was an incredible. The fact that she survived that. Um, and Dern was just so good in that round, too. And, and the fact that she survived that. Yeah, she definitely deserved the win. Um, Jimmy, uh, yes, sir. Sorry, that's okay. Uh, before you, before we go, um, I'm impressed. I'm really impressed because we had Sabina Mazo on. Yeah, we did. A, 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 you know, a very pleasant young lady, and she fought uh, Mariah Akapova. Akapova, yeah. Yeah, and first of all, I love that Akapova has a very um bubbly personality in the cage she has a she wears a hat that goes out there it looks like it's i don't know i don't want to i'm not goofing on it. it's cool i don't know if it's something to do with her where she's from but uh it was a cool hat it was like a it was like a fur i don't know what it was but listen she went out there and now she looked phenomenal and she when she landed her i think it was a left hook to an overhand right but i'm not positive I'm not positive. I'd have to see it again. She jumped on her back and she got a rear naked choke. Did she even tap Matt or no? Oh, she tapped. Oh, she tapped immediately. Oh, I didn't see her. I wasn't sure if she tapped if they jumped in because she was kind of out. She tapped. Oh, okay. Immediately. Because I watched, I watched the be like, wow, she tapped quick. She was really out of it. And you could see and her tap. It was something else. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yo. Oh, I missed yeah. that. Okay. I, I thought that they, they just jumped in and saved her. Okay. I remember because I'm like, man, she tapped quick. Right. I remember thinking like, wow. So, you know, but I'll tell you, um, Acapova has those lanky arms where that probably don't get yeah. So I like that. I like that. I thought she was something else. We both had a tough time with our picks. Um, obviously, uh, I mean, you know, we both picked uh, Mazo to win that fight. Um, you know, we, we both picked McKenzie uh, by early submissions. And weren't we incorrect? You almost had it, though. You almost had it that second round. That was oh, almost, <laughs> you know. That was a great fight. We both picked Randy Brown. Um, what do you I, think you know, of Tim Elliott's decision, man? That was close. Yeah, it was close. It's funny to hear um, uh, James Krause. James Krause said that he made a tremendous error coaching. Um, well, I think he felt that he was saying that uh, – he said going into the third, he thought for 100% sure that they had one and two, so he didn't push uh, Tim Elliott hard enough for the third round. Uh, all I know is I like when he's like, <laughs> you know a guy's close to him when he's like, listen, listen to me, you fucker. <laughs> listen, you fucker. I love that. Yeah. That made me so happy. I don't know why. Because he's getting through. Because that, that shows me that him and Tim Elliott are close and that he could talk to him like that. Like, listen, just listen to me, you fucker. He wants to get it through to him. I love that kind of shit. I like hearing James Cross in the corner. Yeah, I do too. No, I like James Cross a lot. What happened here with Lewis Pena? You got arrested? Get arrested, yeah. Aww. They're saying it's domestic. Uh, I mean, I just don't know if it's true or what happened, but uh, yeah, there's not a lot of details. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like that. Twice I, in five months. He's a nice guy too. He's a really I, nice dude. I hope he, 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 you know, gets some help or something. Because I, yeah. like, I like him and sometimes people just need some help. Yeah. Um, Usually those things are fueled by something. Uh, again, I don't know him that well, so I, I certainly can't say he's doing anything. But if if, that, if that's true, you hope that he, he does straighten out whatever's Jimmy. I would get into him. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Jimmy. No, that's right. Uh, I just want to really mention Loopy. Uh, uh, pronounce Loopy, Loopy's last name, please. I don't want to give it this service and Loopy Cadenas. Cadenas. Versus uh, Silvana Gomez uh, 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 there, on the prelims, yeah. Loopy, Loopy looked phenomenal. She looked phenomenal, man. Do you like a uh, round one armbar? Oh, I thought it was phenomenal. I thought I thought she was a <laughs> but the whole thing she was she was just she was great. I'm like, where did Loopy come from? You know? Yeah. And uh, I like Loopy. I'm a fan of Loopy. I'm Loopy for Loopy. Too, too far. Did I take it too far? No, I'm just thinking how lucky Chael was. Why? Because the sound cut out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel lucky to see Loopy, okay? 
I can't get enough of Loopy. Can we yeah. keep my Loopy on here? Let's get her on. Matt wants her on. We'll get her on. You know? All right. What else? Are By you- the way, before we go, let's right. have Adam Hunter on again, too. I love Adam Hunter. Yes. Uh, I think that's a great idea what he did. He picked some really, really good guys. Of course, Dean uh, and Chalen and Cejudo is really funny, uh, funny guy, too. So let's uh, have Adam Hunter on again, too. I'd love to talk to him. And you're saying for him to bring me out to do my return? I will, nobody wants to see me. Do fucking, Jimmy. Uh, that's not true. Jimmy, Jimmy, I will never do that shit again. Oh, but what I on. will do, I had one bit. I used it. What I will do is I will do with you, Jimmy, a little, uh, I will do something called An Evening with Matt and Jim. The Chip Chipperson podcast. Well, that's, I wasn't getting at that. I was saying an evening. UFC unfiltered, an evening with Matt and Jim, or something like this. Something where it's just us in a quaint place. I don't know, what, 150 people, 200, 1,000. No, no, 1,000 is too much. But a, a, a good amount of people. A, a good, good amount. Okay. 250. Yeah. And, uh, but it'll be good. Jimmy, hey, man, I miss you. And we're going to talk to you, buddy. This was a fun show. The new Chip Podcast is up. And go to chipchipperson.com to get all those great shirts, those monster shirts. You do, can get do, you wanna, do you want a Chipperatu shirt, Matt? What is that? Is, can you show me what it looks like? <laughs> Please? What is it called? A chip- remember, remember, no, remember Nosferatu? Let me see. Wait, who is that? Nosferatu? Is that a vampire? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, you can't unsee Jimmy, please. I that know, was, I know. He's actually genius, though. That, <laughs> oh, I'd like to see Doug Bell as uh, that vampire guy. Would you? Why? Do you have it? What are you reaching for? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, the you're Dawn reading? of Doug. You are, who comes up with you? Come up with this yourself? No. Uh, yeah, I have help. I don't do the work, but I have somebody. I have help from somebody who's very, very good. No, but the ideas. Is that you? Some of them it is, and some it's not. It depends on the, like, honestly, I go back and forth with, with a designer and another guy who comes up with them, and some um, I'll think of. I'm impressed, okay? None of that shit on my side. You got a, maybe a Kimura Savage or a Sarah BJJ shirt. But oh, if you please. want some of that, go to sarahbjj.com. Uh, other than that, I'm on Cameo also. Jimmy, I'm going to see you in a couple of days, and I cannot wait. What's today? Today's Monday. See you oh, Wednesday. Yeah. Thank you to Chael, and thank you, Randy. All right, goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.